Here we go, Paul. It's time for another episode of Two Guys, One Album. We are doing what I consider one of the greatest albums of all time by one of the greatest bands of all time, The Police Synchronicity. Mm -hmm. Episode number 14, too. Episode number 14. What does that mean? I don't know. I just assume that it's Sting's favorite number. (laughs) Synchronicity by The Police, the fifth and final studio album by the English rock band The Police. Fade it down just a tad. I'm listening. I, I was trying to listen, but the, it was blasting in my Such ears. Such a good song. <laughs> and that's how you start an album. Yeah, yeah. I like that. You know, I, I I only know this album from the many DVDs that I've seen of, of Sting and, and? and uh, the band. And What I, DVDs are you watching? There the are band? many live DVDs oh, okay. of this song. And I remember Sting just dancing around stage, slapping that bass during this. Slapping the bass. It is a fantastic way to start an album. And I'm actually very excited that you brought this to the table. Because last week we did Spoons, Gimme Fiction. Yes. Fantastic album. But I think that we needed to do a little bit more of a throwback. I mean, this is a, a great three-piece band. Yeah. One uh, of the greatest... Th- this is one of the greatest super bands of all time. People don't realize... Everyone remembers Sting, but they don't also know that Andy Summers was one of the greatest guitarists. If you ask people that are guitarists, they will tell you that he was one of the greatest guitarists of all time. And Stuart Copeland is one of the greatest drummers of all time. And the problem was, is you had too many cooks in a band, and they can only last so long. And that's why the band had a short stint. You know, they started in the 70, late 70s. Their first album came out in 78, and this was the last studio album in 1983. Sting went on to have a great studio or solo albums. Stuart Copeland made a ton of soundtracks. Andy Summers did a lot of uh, recording with Robert Fripp and a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. But this was their swan song. Yeah. this is. And this was a great album all around so many hits mm-hmm. so many hits so, so many, many hits, hits. And, and this is a great song too synchronicity it didn't synchronicity one and their synchronicity two synchronicity one did not chart but it's such a cool song so much going on in this song to, yeah to be honest like i'm having trouble thinking because of how much is happening in this song. i remember i was a tiny kid and i didn't know what this word meant or how to spell it but i love the three stripes you know the blue Red, yellow. It's usually yellow in the middle, but yeah, you're referring to the three stripes on the on album. The cover album. Yeah. So uh, album. the artwork that they had on the album, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, the band's most successful release actually. It includes, like you said before, many hits. Every breath you take, everyone knows that song. The King of Pain, wrapped around your finger. Synchronicity two. Um, it was actually. We're gonna get to all those songs. Yeah, I'm but excited the, the, to check but this it's, out. It's funny because this was an album. We're actually playing it like it is an album. We heard the. The, the needle in the beginning but the next song um, was actually yeah you started walking in your footsteps was a great song too wasn't a hit just kind of a throwback to the Middle East like them living in the Middle East and well, just taking the music I feel like the video the was place. like there was a camel or something maybe I don't know why this song makes me feel like it's in the Middle East <laughs> or maybe it's because of the dinosaur <laughs> wait a minute the well, he vi- talks about dinosaurs in this song. Oh, okay, okay. So in the music video, there was a camel. Maybe not. Oh. <laughs> but he's talking about history and like the, it's, you know, there's a, there's some kind of ridiculous lines in this song. Like here, he talks. He's talking to a a dinosaur. Yeah, he's. I can. This song is about 
his many times <laughs> spent with the Stegosaurus. Right there. Hey, Mr. Dinosaur. You couldn't ask for more. Hey, Paul, I'm not going to lie. It's so loud in my <laughs> headphones. It's you. It's not loud on me at all. I No, I'm just saying this to everybody. He's... He's walking in my brain right now. <laughs> Literally. I mean, this is one of those songs. It's just kind of weird. It's a second uh, second song on the album. Kind of weird uh, counterbalance to uh, Synchronicity 2. But walking in the foot, it just shows oh, his vocal. You are so right. You know, when you were saying that it was a song about dinosaurs, I never thought that it was actually going to be about yeah. <laughs> dinosaurs. Walking in your footsteps. They're talking about the end of the world. Oh, I get Subtly. it. Which is ironic, because right now it's actually going to happen. How many times do you think the word <laughs> the word brontosaurus is brought up in, in music these days? If you're some... excluding uh, kids' shows, probably never. <laughs> but he, he clearly talks about dinosaurs in a classy way. I don't think anyone could pull that off. I love I love how he can reach that falsetto high notes, too, and, and make it sound so good. Because you look at singers like Adam Levine and the Chris Martin from Coldplay, you Adam know that they Duritz. were spinning these... Uh, yeah, Adam Duritz. He was right up there. They were spinning this album when they were young, and I'm sure that they were Absolutely. really enjoying it, too. I think Adam Levine does talk about the police as, his, uh, as uh, one of his influences. A lot of people talk to look at Sting. I mean, he's still a classic now. But yeah. the point is, this song doesn't really change throughout the song. It's a three and a half minute song, but they don't really go anywhere on mm-hmm. that song. But it still kind of holds your attention. Much like the dinosaurs, it kind of just is frozen in time. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. It goes to our next song, Oh My God. Oh My God. This is what you call a deep cut. But a great song on the album. Great bass work, too. I feel it. This is a great, great step into any bassist's mind because you know that there's certain albums that you need to learn on as a bass guitarist. Um, you need to learn Synchronicity, any Who album, um, a lot of great bass lines there. Victor Wooten album, you gotta, you gotta throw that in there. Uh, Duritz, he needs to be spinning at least once or twice. And then trying to think of some other great bassists. Bass. <laughs> he might have. No, I, I just wanted to see if you were, uh, you were paying He's attention talking. to that one. <laughs> I'm just enjoying this song. I mean, this is one of those songs that never even charted or even it's such a B-side, but it's such a good song, even despite. A lot of cool, sh- cool stuff going on in this song. I can say shit. Yeah. But it was just one of those. This is one of those masturbatory songs where the bands just get to jam and play. But they knew it wasn't a hit, and they're like, you know what? We're just going to showcase our style, and we're going to put some sax on too. I like it. Yeah, you probably never heard this song. I never have. I've never heard a lot of these songs, in fact. Oh, yeah. A lot of these songs, uh, this is this is why I wanted to dive into this, because my whole life I've heard The Police Are Great, Sting, has this, of all time. Sting has this great, great persona, a lot of people want to be about, be with him, be like him. <laughs> I know that he had a lot of like zen, the zen sexual stuff going yep. on in his life too, which I always sure. found interesting. I would watch this, uh, do you remember the Howard Stern uh, show that he had on E! Yeah. for years? He would make many mentions about Sting's tantric, tantric sex. sex yeah. And I never knew what he was talking about. I learned all about it. I, I started trying it myself. 
It's, oh, it's hard by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> It's a lot you need to have. I feel like it'd be a lot easier a lot by e- yourself. You would think, but it's just, it's a lot. It's just hard. Because you're like, ah, I don't care. <laughs> you just give up midway through your son. <laughs> but yeah, this is a deep cut, which is, you know, it's funny because we talk about these cuts now, but soon we're hitting Murderer's Row, which is all their hits. I'm excited. But not before we hit some speed bumps. Which is the next song? Well, let's let's dive into their the history as we hit the speed bump okay. head on. Oh, let me just switch over here. Just so everybody knows, we're playing this from the computer. We don't have the album in front of us, sadly. You it got, tell them that it got torn up in a, in, a, in the great fire of Durrits. Yeah. <laughs> okay, mother, this is the worst song on the album. <laughs> You'll know right away. This is. So, Andy Summers got to have one song on an album, and Stuart Cop- Copeland did. This oh, was so this Andy was the, the auxiliary uh, mm-hmm. musicians of the band. Correct. This is his 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 uh, work to be artsy. I can feel it. Yes, it's Very like the Yoko version of John Lennon's album. Alt rock before there was alt rock. You know what the best part about these songs are, is, Paul? What's that? There's at least one person out there that this is their favorite song. I don't know who that is. Of but they don't like fun. the police. Whoever it is, it's like, this is not police The good one thing, the, the, the one good thing about this song is it's only three minutes. Is he just screaming about his mother the yeah. entire time? Yeah. And who sings this song? Andy Summers. Andy Summers. In fact, he wrote it, it for together. Sting, and rumor has it Sting wouldn't sing it. I wouldn't sing it either. If you brought this to the table, you're like singing every breath you take, and then you're like, hey, all right, what do we got? Uh, all right, every breath you take is going to be number one. Um, Stuart, what do you got? All right, Andy, what about you? Uh, wait, like what this is song. this? But here's I'd the be thing. scared. So, Andy wasn't known for his songwriting. He's known for his. No! His get own, out of town. His guitar arrangements. <laughs> and it's ironic because when we get to the song, uh, he isn't credited enough for his work on a lot of these songs that Sting got credited for. But because of the way copyrights work, the arrangements don't get the credit. But let's move to the next song, which is Stuart Copeland's uh, contribution, which is one of my favorite. I actually love this song, Miss Grudenko. Mm-hmm. Take a listen. It's really got a cool guitar. And talk about, speak, talk about great guitar parts. And bass line. So at the... 1984 Grammy Awards, this album was actually nominated for a total of five awards, including Album of the Year, and won three. Uh, at, the, at the time of its release, it followed the world tour. The police were hailed as the biggest band in the world after this release of this album. Three guys taking it to the next level. And actually, after this album, there was Live Aid, and they handed off the guitars to you 2 it was kind of a ceremonial moment because you 2 then became the greatest band of all time. That was 84, though. The year after this. But this is a cool song. I mean, Miss Credenco. You know what? Did, did, do you know any of the history of these guys? Like, what they went through in their lives? Because it's there's a lot of different sources that are saying they get a lot of inspiration from world music. And yeah. it's not like the the Spoon album we just we just went through about you can feel the Austin 
Texasness of of it all, and this you know, sounds a lot more worldly. And it was back in like the 1980s. Yeah. So it's they had a the producer, world was a much smaller place then so too. So they did a lot of stuff. They recorded it in Montserrat, and uh, when they did that, they they got a little more. Uh, they got some some experience with that. Their producer Hugh Padham mm-hmm. was really big into to bringing in influences from from different parts of the Mediterranean, from uh, from African tribes, from everything. Like wherever they were recording Montserrat, there was a lot of uh, stuff with that as well. So they had that, and then they had the Middle East stuff, obviously with uh, with uh, Walking in Your Footsteps and 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 whatnot. The other songs that Sting later got more involved in the world's aspects. Now, Stuart Copeland was the American in the group, mm-hmm. and, uh, but he was in England. They all met in England. Sting was actually a, 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 a teacher before he became a musician. Wow. So, And that song, Don't Stand So Close to Me, which was on another album, Zinyana Mandata, was actually about a, 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 a student who was tempting him. And it was in the video as well. It was one of the first videos on MTV. Interesting, interesting. Y- yeah. You know, another cool thing about uh, about the police, we're talking about the influences they have on bands. Um, I just had this great interview with this with um, Christian Bush from Sugarland, who is it's a big mm-hmm. country duo. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you've I'm sure you've heard the name. Everyone's heard of them. Yeah, I can't really. Yeah, I didn't really know a lot of their songs, yeah. but but they surprised me. <laughs> but they do cite a lot of their influence from the Police. He he was saying that when he w- was starting to learn how to play the guitar, it was from this album that he spun it over and over again. And there and full circle. When he, they put out their first album with Sugarland, they got the producer from Synchronicity. Oh no way! He so him. yep, and he and he actually was the guy where, as a twenty-one-year-old musician, this uh, Christian Bush was, he was able to ask form, fully formed questions to this producer, being like, "How did you make that one sound yeah. on song number four of Synchronicity?" Guys, like that was thirty years ago, lad. <laughs> I was on so much cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> So we're approaching Murderer's Row. This next song, I'm pumped. Synchronicity 2 was a hit in the 80s, and you know it. And the video is so cool. Now, in the 80s, there was a lot of vinyl going around, so I'm guessing that this was when you flipped it over to the other B side. I think Every Breath You Take was this is the last song on the first side. Okay. So the next song. Coming up to it. We are coming up to it. According to. Man, this is such an 80s feel, this album. To, to be honest, I, I love it, I respect it, but in my mind, right away, I'm throwing butt darts here. Did I say butt darts? <laughs> I meant darts. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm throwing darts. This does not hold up today. I'm listening um, to it. This are is you kidding stuck me? In the this 80s. is the greatest song. You're saying if there was a musician out there who, who put out this album, but cha- it wasn't the police... You didn't know about the police. You'd be listening to 100%. this in 2018. There's so many 80s influences right now in music. All these bands right now, Group Love, all those guys are all influenced. Oh, I love Group Love. Yeah, if you listen to their music, this is all police-oriented. Okay, that's a great job on that connection. But this, I don't, I don't know. It's just, um, it feels so dated. How can you say that about this? It's I think it's I think it's the echoey canned vocals of Sting that he uses. <laughs> and I do love the use of that great cymbal hit that they have. Oh, S- Stuart Copeland is, is a master of drums. I mean this is 
This was a, this was a great. What was that? What is charting on St. Kitts too? I know this was one of the hits. Uh, I think this was the second release. Oh no, I'm sorry, the third release on the album. Onto the Billboard charts. Synchronicity 2, Main Street charts. Hit number 16 of Billboard's Hot 100. 1983. Wow. I can, okay, I can dig it. Oh, he's really getting into that vocal part. Let's dive into the next song, which is Paul. Probably one of the most popular songs. It was considered mm-hmm. one of the best songs of the 80s and the coolest video, too. I, I did love this video. And back in MTV days where in the early 90s when I first got into MTV, they played this on a continuous loop. I remember seeing and I remember the whole, the whole story. He's he's with his son in the music video and his son is the one playing the, the drums. We're looking at it right now. It's a very black and white feel. He's playing an upright bass. It's very beautifully artsy and whatever, but it's really cool. Here's the problem with this song. It's a great song. I love it, but it, it was... It but you prefer a, the P. Diddy version? I understand, Paul. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. Well, let's talk about the P. Diddy version. See, P. Diddy sampled the arrangement, and this is... I've read all the autobiographies of Andy Summers, Stuart Copeland, everybody, and they all say the same thing. And... and Sting has yet to, and it's, I think it's a riff in the band. Um, the arrangements are written by Andy Summers, mm-hmm. not Sting. And Sting's getting all the royalties for all this song. Interesting. And he has yet to share. And that was a riff in the band, and everybody's, and Andy Summers doesn't care because he's, you know, he's like Andy Summers. He knows he's not a songwriter. He didn't write the song, but the riff, the guitar riff, which is sampled by P. Diddy, was written by Andy Summers. Or it was arranged because, again, under copyright laws, the writer of the song gets all this stuff. But he does not share in the royalties on this song. That son of a maybe he's changed it. But yeah, as of two or three years ago, it still wasn't. If I'm wrong, by the way, message me. Uh, it's two guys one album at gmail.com. Yes, we, we still need to do our, our listener mail yeah, segment. We one will of these get days. to that one these days. <laughs> so, we quick accolades uh, from Synchronicity. It topped the album charts in the UK and the US for 17 non consecutive weeks. And this actually was the wrench to stop Michael Jackson's thriller in the US, which yeah. was dominating the, uh, the charts for so long. And I remember I hated Michael Jackson at the time because I was so competitive and I loved the police. I was just this little seven-year-old kid mm-hmm. who loved the police. I was obsessed with them. I joined the police fan club. I remember it was like eight dollars, which was like all my all my allowance. What did you get for the uh, the police fan club? Nothing. I think I don't think it ever came. You just like gave them eight dollars and they gave you nothing. I remember what happened. I will tell you this: I went to see. They played a Comiskey Park in 1983, and as a little kid, my parents forced my brother and uncle to take me there, and I got to see the police, and I was on my uncle's, uh, on his shoulders, up, we moved all the way up to the field, so I was within probably like six rows Mm -hmm. of where uh, Sting, where they were getting on and off stage, so I got to see them right then, up and up, it was amazing. Such an amazing experience. There were some great openers. Uh, Joan Jett got booed off the stage. She opened up for for Joan Jett, The Fix, Flock of Seagulls. They were all on this bill. Wow. 
Why did Joan Jett get booed off the stage? It didn't fit with the rest of the stuff. This was all this new wave sounds, and then Joan Jett's this rocker. I can feel that. She just didn't fit. Whoever the promoters were that put it together. But yeah, she didn't. She said she'd never come back to Chicago, and I think for years she didn't. <laughs> Except but, for this upcoming weekend. But I got to see the police in 1983 as a kid, and then in 2004, I believe, when they came back to Wrigley Field. Wow. Opposite fields, Comiskey and then Wrigley. Nice. But yeah, but yeah that was uh, cool that story. was a great uh, great song. I put them on the map. And that song was number one for a while, too, That right? song was number one for so darn long. In fact, like you said, it was, it was known as one of the greatest songs of all time. Uh, Synchronicity, this album, actually was... In 2003, number 455 of 500 best albums of all time from Rolling Stone. Every Breath You Take was number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Number one in the UK singles chart. Uh, but only number 26 on club play singles, whatever that means. You just couldn't like crack that top 25. Damn hipsters. Oh, man. Okay, well, we're, we're still on Murderer's Row, which is the next song, which yes. was also very popular. I didn't really like this song, but it was so popular, and I actually lip-synced this in third grade. The King of Pain. I'm sorry, King of Pain. There's no the. It's important sometimes. Yeah, let's listen to the beginning. It's kind of cool where it jams up. It is cool. I guess I shouldn't say that. It's still a cool song. There's a little black spot on the side. If I could find this video of me lip-syncing this, it would be priceless right now. I would love to see that music video. Brooke Forest. Brooke Forest School has it. Oh, I thought you were going to give it your address so that people could just like go and no. just find it if they wanted to. I don't to. know what school is called. Brooke Forest Grade School? What do they call the schools? Third grade. I was just, I was just pondering on... How you said that Joan Jett was booed off the stage. I'm trying to think of the worst booing I've ever seen. And I went to go and see Weezer at Summerfest when I was in about 2000. It had to have been 2002, 2003. And The Fray, an unknown band called The Fray, was opening up for them. And talk about the worst... uh, talk about the worst band to um, open up for a band like Weezer because they were booed off the stage harder than anyone <laughs> I've ever seen. He Frey a- is a band that's been very, very influenced by the police. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Singer, songwriter, styles. But yeah. yeah. They got booed off, huh? Booed off big time, man. Booed so off big a, time. That's one of those things. It's, just, it's a great band maybe, but just not a good fit. But this is a song a lot of people still cite this as one of the greatest songs of the 80s. Uh, if you go to the charts, people always say it's one of the most 80s songs. Cool video. <laughs> just laughing because I'm watching the YouTube video right now and it's just a photo, it's just a drawn photo of all three of them just looking at yeah, us. Yeah, we don't have the video screwed <laughs> up. But anyway, King of Pain, We're Still on Murders Row. The next song also became a hit Oops. for for the band and uh, you recognize it right away. Which is also a cool video. Maybe. They're lighting a nice candle, probably for some tantric sex, right, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a row. It's kind of a crazy video that at the time was so cool on Friday night videos. Mm-hmm. Early like, MTV, man. Yeah. Uh, that was a good time for, they had to for light, music. They had like 60 PAs to light all those candles. <laughs> But you know that they're still telling that story. And all of them are lit. Look, if you watch the video, they're all lit. And uh, 
fire hazard waiting to happen. Oh, yeah, I do know this song. This is a good one. Wrapped around your finger. You know what I just learned? Uh, we were also talking about, um, just looking back on the research here, we were talking about how they dethroned Michael Jackson's thriller. Yes. I just watched, I just watched this great documentary uh, talking about Michael Jackson now and how he built that album, how it was so good. And another great 80s band really influenced him and actually did all of the guitar solos. Which Quiet was, Riot? No, uh, t- even better, Toto. Yeah. Yeah, they... Toto's great. Some of the greatest musicians... 70s and 80s, too, I ...put together in that band. So all those those thriller guitar parts, done by Toto. I I just had to add that. Well, you know, Beat It had... uh, Eddie Van Halen was the guitarist that did the guitar part of that. Really? I'm pretty sure that's right. Wrapped Around Your Finger made it to the top uh, Billboard 100 number eight. But this was also one of those songs that's just like totally unique in the sense that there's not a lot of songs that are like this. There's so many weird things going on with the keyboard and the guitar parts. See yeah, a like- lot of a lot of use of the effects, which I, I've, I've been really into lately because there's not a lot of bands that can use it correctly and, and Sting of the Police or The Police U2 was really good at yeah, using those yeah, guitar effects a lot of those and delays. back in the 80s it wasn't like you could go to Guitar Center and pick up the delay pedal the, the delay pedal or something Paul's really getting into this song I can, I can I see it in your song. eyes it's just so cool so here's the thing every breath you take and wrapped around your finger obviously wrapped around your fingers about it's a reference to marriage Sting was going through a divorce and when he wrote these songs and started marrying his now wife of 30 plus years, Trudy Styler. But this is all like, covers all that emotional relationship shit that he was dealing with. Um, so it's kind of cool. Hmm. But he, I mean, I don't like Sting per se as much as, as other police fans, but like he, he was a great songwriter. He still is. Although he did a new song with Shaggy, which everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing, Sting? He has a he song with, with Shaggy. Shaggy? Yeah, there's a correlate. He's doing a collaboration with, with I, Shaggy. I did see that. I did see that. You know, but there's something to say about someone who can write a hit, and Shaggy had some some good-ass hits back in Shaggy's the garbage. early 2000s. Shaggy's garbage. If you're a Shaggy fan... Come at me. <laughs> I thought you were just going to call out Shaggy himself. Shaggy. Great. Well, you know, He's if you say. He's a tough guy. I don't want to. Yeah. I'm just kidding. He's probably talented, but I'm not a fan. Don't do it. If you say his name three times, he appears. <laughs> you don't want that to happen. I only said it twice. <laughs> so that's that's wrapped around your finger. What were you going to say? I was going to say, well, well, I'll say it while we dive into this next song uh, Tea in the Sahara. Ooh. Sahara Desert. That sounds very, very nice and peaceful. Tea in the Sahara. Very cool, pa- passive song. Yeah. I was Mine's thinking to myself, I thought that I, I had seen Sting's daughter, because I knew I had a connection with her, and I have. I've seen her perform three times. Her name is Elliot Sumner. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Sting's real name is Gordon Sumner. Right? Yes, Gordon Sumner is Sting's real name. And she has played all over South by Southwest. She came to right. Chicago a few times. And I remember stumbling upon her stage show at South by Southwest. I had just come out of an Iggy Pop show where Queens of the Stone Age was his backup band. And it was 
the most phenomenal show I've ever seen. So after a few beers, I walked over to the next bar because they're in Austin. You can go to a different bunch of different shows, and they're on stage. It looked like Sting with long hair. She looks yeah. exactly like Gordon. And his son Sumner. is in a band too, and they're really good too. They were they opened for for the band last time they toured. I forgot his band name, hmm. but uh, we're not. Well, we're here talking about synchronicity. That's, yeah, that's what we're here for. So his son's very, band's name is Joe Joe Sumner, and he plays bass, and he's in a band called Fiction Plane. Okay. and they're really good too. Fiction Plane. But again, "Tea in the Sahara" is one of those songs that they would play at the concert. Just chill, just chill song. But man, this is a very I, chill song. I used to spend all my money on on merch. You'd go to the Flipside or Rose Records and buy a Sting poster. I had like twelve police posters. I had police folders, you know, like for work for school, like mm-hmm. for each album. And synchronicity was like on my walls. I used to, I used to. All over my room. Yeah. If you go, if you look at some of my throwback Thursday pictures at Paul Farver, you could see in the background there's always one or two police posters because I was obsessed with these bands. Wow, I had no idea you had such a connection yeah. to the police. Best band of all time. I still love them. I mean, I'll, I don't listen to them as often as I do, but this is one of those albums. This is one of their greatest albums. I mean, I think all their albums are great, but this one was one of the best. Um, and we're we're coming down to the last song. What's which, the second best album? So of theirs? Yes. Uh, I liked Zinata Mandata. Um, also, Alando's de Amor was really good. Regatta de Blanc. There was only, I mean, I just named all of them. But <laughs> Ghost <laughs> of the Machine say. was good, too. But okay. I would say that's their least, my least favorite of them. If you were speaking to somebody from a different planet and you needed to show them the best sting, uh, the best least police album? album or song, I'm, I'm, I want to kind of know what song you'd point oh, them to. Oh, that's too hard. Probably So Lonely, which is a oh, first album. So Lonely, is a, yeah. that is a good one. We got to cover their other albums. This one was just an easy one to just bridge the gap from the 80s. Yeah. And this song ends with murder, or this album ends with Murder by Numbers, which is a really cool deep cut that real police fans like. Take a listen. Once that you've decided on a killing. First you make a stone of your heart And if you find that your hands are still willing Here comes a bass line If I was at a police show I'd fall asleep in two minutes after the song started <laughs> It's very jazzy And it's actually funny because this song was written by Sting and Andy Summers And Sting went on the next album His first solo album was called Dream of the Blue Turtles And it was very jazz influenced And you could kind of feel that's the direction Sting wanted to go This is a great band that I could see in, a, in the studio jamming for just hours and hours just such a cool vibe i mean you got to remember also all this music all this sound is coming from three people three people you don't see this in three-piece bands yeah blink 182 all those bands all you hear in those songs are are chord progressions which are great i'm not Mm -hmm. shitting on those bands uh the power punk rage started none of that would have happened without the police the police were the first punk band new wave punk band they combined the punk, new wave, rock and roll, everything. And all those bands, even Green Day, all those people, they would not happen without the police. I, that's a very, very fair um, and astute comment. 
So, and, and the thing is, and they were all musicians with very different influences. And, and this was their last studio album where you kind of see they kind of tried to force it all on each other. There's a lot of shit going on in all the songs. But the great thing you got to remember is all this is happening with just three musicians. U2 has four, but essentially just three instruments as well. And U2 were kind of like the kings that took over from the police. And, and again, like I said, Live Aid, the... St- police were broken up and they they handed off their instruments to youtube and everyone says if you google it the moment that happened is when the youtube then became the greatest band but when the police when this album came out they were the greatest thing since sliced bread yeah and at that time in 83 when this uh, when they broke up it was like headline news they were instead of talking about Trump. They were talking about the police breaking up. It was like the Beatles of our time. Oh, I wish I could go back to those I days. I mean, I was a kid, but that's how it felt like to me. Did they update you on your fan club uh, announcements? <laughs> your no, there was no internet back in 83. Man. There wasn't even computers yet. Can well, I just... There was one computer. Oh, there was? Yeah, it, everyone took turns on it. In the, in the, in and the it was area. just Oregon Trail just over and over again. <laughs> Oregon Trails wasn't out yet, I don't think. <laughs> I think Apple IIe was out. But, but yeah, I... I recently got into a fight with another comedian about him. He said he hated the police. I'm like, it's the police are not every every breath you take. They're not king of pain. They're not wrapped around your finger. The deep cuts that we talked about today kind of show you their, the other side. And if you listen to their other albums, you'll see why this is one of the greatest bands of all time and mm-hmm. why they've influenced so many bands that you listen to right now. Yeah, the, their influence is, is clear as day. You can see that a lot. Um it's funny you mentioned the U2. If we want to shit on a band, I will shit all over U2. Oh, like I it was will no join tomorrow. You it's in that. That should be one of our next albums. I, I, we might not have enough time on, <laughs> on on the track because that is the worst music I've ever. Oh, they have one good song. They have I, a lot of good songs, but I hate I hate I nine can't out of ten of it. them. And yeah, I can't especially and, anything after Octung Baby. I've never liked disliked a band for not only their music <laughs> but also for just what they stand for. I just can't. I can't take the sunglasses and the hats. Oh, it just makes me want to just and die. Sunglasses, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of time, okay, that we're spending, it's time for the ratings. Ah, oh, my favorite part. So, as we've described on the show before, the top rating you can give to this is eleven because on social media, that's when you can no longer see the names. So, eleven is the top. Mm-hmm. So, Michael. You're going to go first because it's pretty clear where I'm going to go with my ratings. Yeah, you. If there was. If this album was a person, Paul would be hugging it from head to toe right yeah, now. I would swipe right 11 times. <laughs> one of the 100 best albums of the 80s, one of the 500 greatest albums of all time on many, many lists. You can't deny how good. Sting and the police are what they meant for music, like you mentioned, Paul. Um, I love that they can put out so much music with just three people. And the bass-fronted bands are so, so rare and so awesome. And amazing vocals, too, right? Uh, the vo- Okay, that's the one point that I can't get. His his, like voice, his voice, I, you know, his it's just too whiny for me. It's too whiny. <laughs> you say that about Adam Duritz. You say that about anybody, but no, you no. like Blink-182, who are like the most whiny voices. Oh, the, okay, that's fair. Adam Duritz, isn't, he doesn't have a whiny tone. He just whines. He's just, he whines <laughs> about all these girls in his songs, and he, he has his life made. He's a dude with dreads who gets to date every A-list celebrity. Yeah. 
He has dated a lot of A-list celebrities. Man, and Sting, you know, his his family uh, is looks very nice, and uh, and I'm sure Stuart Copeland and is it Andy? Andy Summers. Andy Summers. They're amazing guys. I love what they did because they think about who they had to go beforehand in the 70s and 60s. You know, just you're listening to the Beatles and to create this sound out of that kind of amorphous blob is pretty damn cool. Mm -hmm. For that reason and for that reason alone, I'm going to give this album seven likes. Seven Seven likes. Seven likes, and I'm going to give it three emoji hand claps, clapping, the and golf clap. the golf clap, and then one of the the yoga Zen person yeah. for for reasons aforementioned. Yes. So I, I yeah. was going to do the same. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's go to let's go to I'll, my I'm man gonna, Paul Farvar. I will give this ten likes. You got to take away <laughs> one like because of the song "Mother." Okay. Is garbage. <laughs> that is a garbage um, piece of. I will give it a top hat as well and oh. the yoga sign. Why the top um, hat? Because they're the tops. I like that. I like they're that. The tops. Um, but that's our time. If you guys have other albums you want us to review, we have we gotten a lot of your. We're going to do an episode with all your reviews, and especially the ones of you shitting on us. We love those. And uh, but just go to uh, two guys one album at gmail dot com. And yeah. uh, if you think you want to come on and review with us, and you've got an album that's influenced you significantly. Talk to us about it. We might put you on as well. Um, and then follow us on, on listen to us, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or the WGN channel. And uh, individually, I'm at uh, paulfcomedy.com or at Paul Farvar, P A U L F A R A H V A R. And you can find me at michaelheideman.com or you can look up Chicago Michael 2. And like Paul said, you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Twitter, two guys at two guys one album. Paul, we've actually had a lot of people emailing us yeah. and asking, can you guys look at my album? And I don't want, I don't know, I would love to. But we don't want to break any hearts at the moment because yes. if they're we are bad. are music insiders. Yes. As the intro lady tells you. <laughs> I don't know if you're ready to hear us. If you think Simon on American Idol is rough, mm-hmm. you haven't seen Michael Heidemann angry. You you it's don't like want to see me angry. Bill, it's like it's like the Incredible Hulk. It's true. He's it's, wearing a green shirt right now, too. I'm about to bust through it. I can't take it. But we still want to hear from you. We contact and communicate with everyone who writes us. We love hearing from you, whether it be shitting on us, whether it be liking us. We are here to listen to the albums, and I feel like this album, Synchronicity by the Police, was a good one to look at. Agreed 100%. And that's an episode of Two Guys. One album.